Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Our e-commerce team, we're here designed to show up and to eventually show off the fact that we're still here for them. And I think that's the message that we have. We still want you to pick up a healthy snacking alternative to put it into your kid's lunchbox to take our cherry mix fruit bowl and put that in there as an alternative to something else. You can get through all your different RTPs of why you should buy my product versus somebody else's product, but we have great, healthy, nutritious, still affordable products for sale that are out there. So the message to consumers, we're still here and we're still good for you. Welcome to today's episode of Brave Commerce. I'm Rachel Tippograph, the founder and CEO of Micmac. I'm Sarah Hofsetter, president of Profitero. And this is a show that talks about what's relevant in e-commerce for the world's biggest brands. Sarah, how many meetings did you have today where pricing in Arkansas came up? Oh my God. This is like literally all anybody is talking about right now. We actually did a webinar a couple of weeks ago specifically about how to manage issues as it relates to inflation and pricing pressures. It's so hot that I've changed my entire content calendar to focus specifically on this in particular. Like if your title is VP or GM at any major CPG company, I just want you to all know you're having the exact same conversation all around this country. Oh, absolutely. And I actually think they know it, not just because misery loves company, because it's not like somebody else has access to truck drivers or somebody else has factory workers that are excited to come to work every single day, no matter what. Or a cheaper way to make glue, (laughs) cardboard boxes. I mean, it all adds up. It's crazy. It's become pretty nuts. And I mean, I'm certainly seeing it in my grocery bill because I actually pay attention to my grocery bill, but it's something that's just happening everywhere. And it's like one of these things where you hear about it on earnings calls to the point that I feel like a year and a half ago, all the CPG earnings calls, like the buzzword du jour was e-commerce, which don't get me wrong, very happy about. But now it's supply chain, supply chain, supply chain. Like if you have to do like a search in a conference call transcript, that's all anybody's talking about. And the consequential after effects as it relates to relationships with your customers, the retailers and the shoppers, the the ultimate consumers of the product. And I don't know when this is going to let up. Well, Jamie Schwab, who we're about to have onto the show and leads all of e-commerce sales and marketing at Dole, I think he says it best, which is, this isn't a new conversation. It's just been brought to the surface again. And to give a plug to Commerce Live, we're going to be interviewing Indra Nuhi, the former chairwoman and CEO of PepsiCo. And in her new book that just came out, she literally talks about the same thing, 1994 to 2016, and how a big area of focus for the business was essentially, how do you please folks in Arkansas? Let's have a listen. Jamie, I'm so glad we finally got you to agree to join us. 
I am too. So thanks for having me. And I just want to say, as we kick this off, I've sent you this email before, but I might as well say it on the podcast. Thank you both for doing this because this is so great to hear all the different voices. And it sometimes makes us all in our little remote worlds feel much more like a part of a community. Thank you both. You were actually part of one of our inaugural Brave Commerce events where we actually, in 2021, mm-hmm. were able to get people together physically and meet other people that have similar jobs going through similar challenges, opportunities. And so you were already a part of the Brave Commerce community even before being a guest. Well, thank you. Jamie, you have worked at a number of CPGs. Wrigley, Alberto Culver, Unilever, Newell, and now Dole. And looking back on these past 15 or so years, what's changed and what stayed the same? That's a great question because I think we always are talking about change, the speed of change and the pace of change. So if you think back on my 15 years, it's interesting that what's changed and and what hasn't to me is about the same exact thing. And that's the retail environment. If you go back a little further, right, retail consolidation was a big thing in the 80s and the 90s. And you got to a set of a couple of club stores, a couple of mass stores, a couple of grocery national chains, right? And that was your landscape and your environment. Now you throw in a new online component, but you've really materially added one component to the mix, one retailer. And so now you have six, seven, eight different things that you're really super concerned with serving and getting your products to consumers with. So that's actually stayed the same. But what's changed is their intense level of complexity, right? Of how are they operating? How are they doing business? How have they been working to strip out costs all these years and now adding back in with with the omni-channel explosion that's been going on far before covid but it's what's happening right now. So I think it's interesting to me watching all the different discussions that we have are really still about the same couple of customers. How is pricing going to happen in Arkansas, right? Like that isn't, that's like your number one job every single day. Well, well, it's like, what's in Arkansas? A lot. There's a lot of things in Arkansas. I've honestly probably had this conversation three times today. Yeah. Jamie, in your current role at Dole, your scope is very broad. You know, you have sales, you have marketing, you have e-commerce. What don't you own there? <laughs> With so much under your belt, how do you know when, where, and how to focus? That's the key word is being able to step back and try to organize around two things. It's one is what is our focus and where? Where will our focus be? And then two is what is our clarity of our objective there? Right. So right now, what we focus on is trying to understand we've got a big four customer set that includes Instacart. We have to have solid plans. We have to have testing in place. We have to learn as they evolve and they grow. And we have to be super clear and sharp on what we're actually trying to accomplish in those places, right? So there's a lot of discussion around first party and third party data and what do you have visibility to and what do you not have visibility to. In the end, we have to figure out how to ladder all of it up and ensure that we do it. Now that's easier said than done because a lot of times with organizations and you know the entrenched approach to structure and strategy that that exists everybody needs something right every single account needs something every single customer needs something and they're in a different state than somebody else's so we just have to understand and, and what I like to pride myself and the team on is we have a lot of balls to juggle let's just make sure we know which ball we're going to drop right? Let's make sure we keep the right three or four balls up in the air. 
and the fourth, fifth, and sixth, like we need to buy ourselves the time in order to to drive it. So be clear on what you're trying to achieve and know that you can't do everything. That's a probably good life lesson regardless. The ball that I drop often is myself, but you know, that's a conversation for therapy, I suppose. Let's get a little deeper. 2020 was a boon for grocery brands. 2021 has been a little bit harder and having nothing to do with the quality of the products or anything like that, just supply chain, labor, absenteeism. Where do you see your role in managing those customer expectations? And if you could say anything to your retail customers who I'm sure are listening right now, what would you say to them to help them work better with you? Awesome question. And if they're listening, give me a shout, right? Because we're all very busy these days and and we need to talk. E-commerce itself always comes down to unit economics. It's the unit economics of, can I fill up enough stuff to ship it efficiently? Is it, am I making a high enough margin from a retail standpoint? Or if you're on my manufacturing side, is it not degrading my margin to a place where I can't survive? And so if anything really were to step back from saying it's been unit economics the whole time, what's changed right now? Yes, we all had massive tailwinds of growth. Consumers came online. Everybody was trying to buy something online. Now they've found the convenience of it, frankly, right? And they've found that they would rather, a lot of folks, 15, 17, 20% are finding that they'd rather fill up their grocery basket online and have somebody drop it off at their house or go pick it up like they've been doing in Europe for all these years. So that's great. But now you have this, this bogey of inflation. I think there's a lot to the reality of what inflation looks like. And I don't pretend to be a Fed president, but the notion of transient uh, in inflation is, is one that's flown over my head since they started using the word a few months ago, because you've increased the cost of your labor pool. You've increased the cost of the logistics components of delivering products to houses or having people shopping in store to set stuff aside. We've been seeing and cost inflation basically from the get-go. When you manufacture in a global supply chain, something I, I think is often not talked about enough is COVID didn't just hit a world that was perfectly humming along with huge inventories. We had 40 or 50 years of just-in-time management and global supply chains built around just-in-time management. And now all of a sudden, we can't get anything anywhere because there's no slack in the system. So when you have to move product at a speed in FMCG, where everybody can actually make a little bit of money on low margins, and you've disrupted that and added cost, inflation's real, right? And so this isn't a dagger at my friends on the other side of the the desk, because they're not taking the same tack on pricing that we've heard historically and pricing's at the sole discretion of the retailer. We all know that, but we can have better conversations around these things and, and they're happening. They're happening slow because they're, everybody's doing it and everybody needs to, but you know, if we're going to figure out the long-term trajectory of e-commerce, it's got to start with our, all of our unit economics and how can we make these things work together? You know, you just really gave everyone a crash course on some of the macroeconomic factors that companies like Dole are navigating. From a consumer standpoint, and maybe you'll disagree with what I'm saying, they don't care, nope. right? Like, <laughs> and so mm-hmm. when consumers don't care about our businesses, what do you see your role, and it doesn't have to be your particular job, but it could be employees at Dole, What's the role that you guys have in managing consumer expectations? And if you could talk to your consumers right now, what do you want to say to them? Oh, I love that. I absolutely love that. So Dole has the literal pleasure of having 
near ubiquitous distribution in brick and mortar retail. We are in most every single store you're going to walk into, and we're selling some of our products there. So that's great. We're on a mission around health, nutrition. We've made promises globally of what we stand for as an organization, and it's all very inspiring. Put against the context of the consumer who, as you said, doesn't really care about my problems, right? Our e-commerce team, we're here designed to show up and to eventually show off the fact that we're still here for them. And I think that's the message that we have. We still want you to pick up a healthy snacking alternative, to put it into your kid's lunchbox, to take our cherry mixed fruit bowl and put that in there as an alternative to something else. Because we don't add sugar. We don't do all those things. Like you can get through, I used to be a marketer. Yes. So you can get through all your different RTBs of why you should buy my product versus somebody else's product. But we have great, healthy, nutritious, still affordable products for sale that are out there. So, you know, if there's one message, when we all have looked at IRI and Nielsen data and all this good stuff for 150 years, when you have 97%, 95% ACV on most of your core items, the message to consumers, we're still here and we're still good for you. So that's really what we're trying to do every day and day in, day out. When you think about the role, you know, talking about being a marketer, when you think about the role of all of these issues kind of coalescing, the issues with the customers, the issues with the consumers, the supply chain, inflation, all this other stuff, you have to sit there and tell people and, and convince shoppers that they should be shelling out more for sold packaged foods versus a store brand. How do you how do you convince that the brand name is a better for you solve knowing all of these headwinds are kind of pushing at us? I think it's an unknown answer at this point. And I think one of the more interesting things is we've all shopped aisles, right? We've all been in stores or we go online and suddenly things aren't available anymore like they used to be. So one week, your private label may be there. The next week, it might not be. As a marketer, as somebody who's trying to put a branded good into that basket, we just need to remind them again of who we are and what we stand for, the health benefits that we provide above all, and the care that we take in crafting those healthy, nutritious products for their bodies. You lean in harder. I think so much of the transition over the last 18 months has been just a constant reminder to get back to basics for so many different aspects in our lives, but even in our work lives. It's just how do we get back to the basics of this? And it's delivering the right message, right? And that message, fortunately for us, is is a compelling one about staying true to yourself, staying true to your health and your wellness and and adding it in there. I think the the challenge in front of consumers when you you know you operate in a world where most of our products aren't going to break the bank. We're three, four, five, seven, ten dollars, depending on what you're going to buy from us. They're probably not going to notice it as much when they go to add my product to cart, but they're going to notice at the end when they add everything to the cart and their cart used to be $112 and now it's $180. That's where I think you get it. No shortage of talk on the news about poultry pricing and meat pricing and all that and and beef. I think that stands out if you're in the store, but a $1.50 to a $2.29 can of pineapple, uh, you know, might not catch somebody's eye as much. And it's not to take advantage of that situation because we've got fields over in Thailand and the Philippines that are growing these and cutting them and sticking them on a boat and shipping them across the ocean, probably being stuck in a port in LA that's not too far from where I'm sitting right now. Again, not a consumer's problem, but we just have to continually remind them of why our products are good for them. And hopefully they make the choice of adding it to their basket. 
Jamie, Sarah, and I obviously both know you. And what our listeners might not know is that you have three young sons. Mm -hmm. So we could only imagine what your shopping cart looks like. Sarah, do you want to ask one of your famous questions? Well, what was the last thing you bought online, dude? Well, but it wasn't for my sons. So is that okay? (laughs) Oh, yeah, of course. Protein bars. I won't brand branded good enough. I was going to say, do you want to give a shout out? Do you want to pay power? I've got one bar sitting here with me out for my trip. So shout out to Dante, if you're listening. Um, the protein bars are a necessity for this guy and to be able to snack on the things I need in to get my protein without too much sugar. But trust me, it's, it's alongside a whole lot of fruit in my house as well these days. Jamie, we've reached that moment oh. where we are wondering, what's the bravest thing that you've ever done? So, boy, I've listened to this question get asked to all your guests, and I've always been usually walking my dog thinking, oh, God, what would I say if they ever asked me this question, <laughs> right? And so here, here it goes. A lot of your guests have talked about they made a choice. They moved to Japan, right? They just picked up and left, and they, and they went and they did something. And I actually would say the bravest thing that I've done was we, we moved home recently. And so the idea of coming back home sounds so much easier than it actually is when you've made a home somewhere else. So great for family, great for our friends that we've returned to, but to pick up and pull the whole family unit out. If you know me, you know that I'm a family guy. Family comes first. Absolutely. Those boys are near and dear to my heart, as well as the queen of the house, my wife. So those four people and the crazy golden retriever, like that's what's most important. And so the idea of changing something that materially is an ongoing story and bravery, I think right now. So I hope the epilogue is a good one. We're working on it every day, but I have so many answers for the dumbest things I've ever done, but I had to think through a lot to come up with the bravest thing. And I think I'm living it right now. Okay. You got to tell us one of the dumbest things you've ever done. Uh, Okay, sure. I attempted to uh, swan dive off a cliff in Jamaica and I'm not very good at swimming, let alone diving. I over-rotated and I landed on my neck. Oof. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's terrible. That's still the dumbest thing I ever did. And and the natural question, I mean, we're talking 1997, right? The natural question is, Jamie, what were you doing? You know, I was on a boat cruise. I didn't drink. Oh, now you have no excuse. There was no excuse for this level of stupidity. No, none. I'm glad we've gotten to know you over the past couple of years and not the Jamie Schwab of 1997. No. Actually, it's a good thing you didn't know me in 1997 either. But (laughs) Jamie, thank you so much for joining us today. We're thrilled to hear your wisdom and talking about a topic that has not yet been addressed on this podcast. I'm excited for our listeners to hear this. Thank you both. Thanks for listening. Please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify and Google Podcasts. And don't forget to share this link with a friend. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, Forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? 
Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Hi, I'm Jackie Cooper, Global Chief Brand Officer at Edelman and the host of Touch of Truth, a new podcast launching on the Adweek Podcast Network. My dad gave me this incredibly smart piece of advice. Meet everyone once. As a result, I've met some of the most fascinating and inspiring people on the planet. Now on Touch of Truth, we're coming center stage and sharing the mic to experience stories of truth, insights and visions for the future that will challenge your way of thinking. Touch of Truth is available wherever you listen to podcasts. New episodes come out every Tuesday. I do hope to see you there.